0: Welcome to The Light of the World. This is Jerry G. Martin. We are coming upon the most holiest of days that is celebrated by Christian believers. It is the time that we celebrate the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We're going to present you a series of messages that will help you to understand what Jesus Christ did, but more importantly, why he did it. It was to offer sinful people eternal life. I want you to listen closely and even contact someone in your family who needs to know the gospel of Jesus Christ. At the end of today's message, we're going to share an opportunity for you or anyone you know to come to know Jesus. Come and go with us as we walk in the light of God's word. This is the week we remember and celebrate the death, the burial, and the resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. There are not too many people who have not heard of the crucifixion story or at least some semblance of that story or at least a claim of that story if they're maybe an unbeliever, an atheist, or whatever, they know that Christians claim that Jesus Christ was raised from the dead. But I want to take another look at this story because one of the things that I've realized that believers today seem to be uh, woefully... Uh, inadequate in their understanding and ability to even explain the fundamental truths of our Christian belief. And sometimes I'll ask a group, I'll say, what are the fundamental truths of Christianity? What's the first things? In, in fact, what are some things that if, if a person do not believe, we can say they're not a Christian? And one of the primary foundational doctrine beliefs of Christianity is that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Secondly, that Jesus Christ came to this earth and gave himself as a sacrifice for our sins. And then that he was crucified and he rose from the dead. So if someone doesn't believe that, they are not a Christian. They may call themselves one, but if they don't believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and he was crucified for our sins and was raised up from the dead, they're not a Christian. They may be pseudo-Christian. They may be somewhat Christian, but they don't have a good understanding of who they say they are. Look in the book of John chapter 19 at this portion of the story. Beginning at verse 17, John the writer penned these words. He says, carrying his own cross, he went out to the place of the skull, which in Aramaic is called Gargotha. Here they crucified him and with him two others, one on each side And Jesus in the middle. Then verse 28 says later. Knowing that all was now completed. And so that the scripture would be fulfilled. Jesus said I am thirsty. A jar of wine vinegar was there. So they soaked a sponge in it. Put the sponge on the stalk of the hyssop plant. And lifted it to Jesus' lips. And when he has received the drink. Jesus said, it is finished. And with that, he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Now, there are a lot of sermons about that event of the crucifixions. There's a lot of commentary. There are a lot of writings. There are, there are even commentaries on the sayings of Jesus when he's, and what he said on the cross. But I want to focus on what did he mean when he said, it is finished. And before you can have a finish, you have to have a start. And I was attracted to that phrase and asked myself, so what did he finish? And if he finished it, who started it? And you have to go back to the beginning to see what the start was. We find that when God created man and gave him a woman, God placed them in a perfect environment. And the the plan from the beginning was for them to walk with God and to live in fellowship with him. They They had perfect fellowship, fellowship of the spirit. They were all of the same spirit and they could commune. The Bible said that God would come and walk with Adam and they would talk and fellowship in the cool of the evening. It was a place where God ruled and was comfortable because of the fellowship. God ruled there and God was comfortable. And then through the serpent, sin entered in and the fellowship between God and man was broken. The fellowship was broken. Man yielded his dominion to to Satan for him to become the God of this world. And then there became a separation between a holy God and now a, an unholy man. A holy God and an unholy man. Simply put, the the serpent came and just made a presentation and says that did God really say that you shouldn't eat of all of the fruit of the garden. Well, he just doesn't want you to see how to um, to make decisions for yourself. He doesn't want you to see. He knows that your eyes will be open and you'll be like him, and in fact, you'll be able to to have a reckoning and a and a and a reasoning and an understanding, so you can see. In fact. The Bible, if you read that closely, it would say the Lord God told man that you're free to eat of any fruit of the garden except this one. But when Satan come, he didn't say, did the Lord God ask you that? He said, now, did God say? That was an omission that he's the Lord God. He's in control. Satan didn't say, did the Lord God say? He said, did God say? And when you read that, the Bible said when they ate of that fruit, their eyes were open. What does it mean? Now their own uh, fleshly, personal intellect was now open and turned on so they can see. And that's why we get these phrases now. It's my life. I can do what I want to do. You can't tell me what to do. I got an understanding myself. And so I managed my own life. And their eyes was open and they began to walk by sight. At first they were walking by faith. Now they begin to walk by sight. And that's why Paul says when we're in the New Testament, we comes into Christ, we don't walk by sight anymore. We, now we're starting back to walk by faith. faith. So here you have a holy God, an unholy man, and God had a plan to fix it as he knew from the beginning that the human race would be vulnerable. He already knew that and he already had a plan for that and God said to the serpent in effect you have won this round but you have not won the fight Genesis 3:14 so the Lord said to the serpent because you have done this cursed are you above all the livestock and all the wild animals you will crawl on your belly and you will eat dust all the days of your life and I will put between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers and he will crush your head and you will strike his heel but he's going to crush your head so with these three words the lord jesus ended his work on the cross and his suffering on calvary by proclaiming it is finished. I have crushed his head and that's why Paul says the power now of sin has been broken so that you do not have to serve that sinful nature. You are no longer bound to serve that sinful nature. When Jesus Christ came into your life he broke the power of sin and you are no longer a slave to sin. Now, notice he said, it is finished. He did not say, I am finished. It's finished. What? The work that I have come. It meant that his redemptive work was accomplished. He had been made sin for people and had suffered the penalty of God's justice, which he deserved, which sin deserved. God's justice deserved that sin Will be penalized. For the wages of sin is death. Theologian Warren Willsby said. Perhaps the most meaningful meaning of this Greek word. Here for it is finished. That phrase it means. The debt is paid in full. The debt. That's what that meant. When he said it's finished. It meant it has been finished pay in full, they owe nothing else. So the completion of this act of redemption provides for us some glorious benefits. And I just want to mention what that provided for us. Number one, it uh, uh, provided the atonement for sin. The atonement, none of the Old Testament sacrifices Could take away the sin. Their blood only covered it, but it couldn't take it away. And Jesus came and took away the sin. John looked at him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. The Lamb of God, Jesus Christ, shed his blood that blood can take away the sin. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. So it was that atonement. And when you read the Old Testament, the day of atonement, that is coming back one with God. That word atonement, if you look at it, it's at one meant being at-one with God again so he brought us back at one with God and, and that death also Jesus' death also conquered sin and death he conquered death 1 John chapter 1 verse 7 says but if we walk in the light as he is in the light we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ his son cleanses us from all sins This is Pastor Jerry G. Martin. And every year this time, our focus turns to the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. That's the good news. The bad news is it seems like we only wait until this time of the year to really focus on what Jesus Christ did for us. For every believer, every day, we should be thankful to the Lord that he gave his life for us so that we do not have to perish but we can live an abundant life and we can escape the fires of hell and spend eternity with God in heaven. Jesus came to seek and to save those who are lost. What is he going to save us from? Eternal damnation and hell fire. Those of you who are listening to me right now, you may be at church but you may not be in church. That means that you're just going through the motions. You're just attending, but you're not connected with God. This is the season to remind us of why Jesus Christ came in the first place and he came to save a lost and dying world. You can make that decision even now to give your life to Jesus Christ. I give you this opportunity to be my guest at the light of the world. We meet each Sunday at 10 a.m., at 16161 Old Humble Road. You can meet Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and you can join with the family of believers that will help you to grow and fulfill God's will and purpose in your life. If you would like to listen to this message again or previous broadcasts, go to our new website at lowcf.org. Again, that's lowcf.org. Now for the light of the world, this is Pastor Jerry G. Martin saying, May the Lord our God richly bless you and we'll be with you again next time.